Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We love saving your money and we love companies trying to save the world. That's why we've got some new information about Ball and their manufacturing plant in Golden. They're currently looking for production technicians, and you can read the full description and apply at jobs.ball.com by searching for Golden. Now, this is a position that starts at $27 per hour with potential increase at 6, 12, and 18 months. You also get comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, 401k for retirement, stock purchase, ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to their open positions. Or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Whatever you need, their CBD infused coffee has got me feeling great since it can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, and even more than that. Plus, you get zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day, which is what I typically prefer. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR at StravaCraftCoffee.com. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, as he does every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet, it is Drew Goodman. What's going on today, buddy? Patrick, how are you, my friend? We're doing all right in day 15, day 16 of the lockout. It's hard to keep track of these days. I, it's funny you said that because I was um, scanning the uh, internet. That's the uh, thing that I, you know, we all use, right? The internet. The interwebs. Um, yeah, I know, that. Yeah, I know that. it well. No, but I, I was uh, running around uh, today, and I came across. Um, some Pete, you know, I was checking a lot of baseball sites and, and I came across a piece at day 15. I was like, wow, already. And, and it was kind of, um, a bummer in that we're talking about day 15 of a lockout. That's number one. But, but the other part of it that's not mentioned naturally is because nobody has a crystal ball, but why don't we just fast forward to at least day 30 because, they ain't getting together prior to the first of the of the year, right? So it, it's past date. It, it's going to be into early January. One would assume before they even pick up a phone and say, "Hey, you want to chat?" Um, and probably it's going to be before fe- February first before anything substantive gets exchanged, because there always has to be that that artificial deadline that that there feels to be pressure and it's i don't know it's going to get it's going to get worse before it gets better because i just don't see both sides giving enough that they can get a deal done before there's a little bit of pain and if there's a little bit of pain they're going to do damage and and that's you know that's the worst uh i I hope i'm wrong I, i i hope i'm wrong but i just see this thing going into february 
the new, latest news that's breaking, if you want to call it news, is there are rumors of a conversation that may take place about a conversation where, as you said, we're, we're still a couple weeks away before they even really get serious about talking about it, not necessarily serious about coming to any kind of conclusion or agreement, but just to talk they're, about they're it. They're talking about talking? They're talking about talking. Prior so, to the holidays? Well, they're talking about the talking now for after the holidays. Okay. If you well, can- I, listen, I, 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 I know they're very smart people involved on both sides and we both understand how negotiations take place i just hope they they both collectively can get together and realize that there has to be give on both sides and the the good of the game and the public interest in the game is also at stake the damage that could be done, you're right, would would be bad. I, I was at an event on Wednesday night where, you know, I, I did kind of have an idea of going around and, and talking with all these these baseball folks uh, from the Society of American Baseball Research and our awesome Denver chapter that we have. It's actually the entire Rocky Mountain region, but just kind of picking people's brains. And everyone, you know, seemed to be in a good mood. Sure, it's the holidays. We're talking baseball. We're supplying the baseball influx of or injection of of news that you know baseball itself isn't providing us and it the general sense was hey there's been no damage yet because sure we're two weeks into this thing and even after the holidays it could be a while until conversations start going but there isn't really anything being missed other than just the general hot stove discussion so there's no damage but yeah at a certain point there could be where there are going to be folks who say, you know what? No, I'm not going to give MLB any more of my money going forward, or I'm going to care just a little bit less. And, you know, that can have damage down the road. Yeah. Let's just see what happens and, and we'll, we'll follow it uh, as it goes along. And, and I know you'll report on it on a daily basis here on DNVR. And, um, you know, I will, uh, I'll participate with you and, and sound off on social media and, you know, on my own podcast as well. But, you know, they're going to get it done. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, a deal is going to get done. It's the timing of it. And so we'll see. We, we shall see. Well, the Rockies did help us out a little bit this week. They helped us out last week with the big news about Clinton Hurdle. People still buzzing about that a little bit. But the Rockies came out with their uh, official coaching staff right under Bud Black nine coaches, uh, some returning names, some new names. Uh, just curious of, of your takes here in, in the early going of P.J. Pilateri, Andy Gonzalez, and uh, the new bullpen coach, Reed Cornelius. You know, I, I really – I'm good for those gentlemen. Yeah. And uh, that's really the only take I have. I, I look at coaching in baseball, especially at the big league level – a, a little differently. I mean, there are going to be players from a hitting standpoint, Patrick, that will align philosophically and, and hear the messaging of, you know, a certain hitting guy and, 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 you know, other guys may have a guy at home that it resonates a little bit more. That's not unusual at all. Even at the big league level, uh, the guys will go and hit in the off season with their guy. I, I really don't think a coaching staff, it's about the players, man. 
I think Buddy Black does a great job of keeping things even keel. And and I thought he did a masterful job last year with a subpar roster, uh, really to win 74 games. He did. But you're not going to take it's not football where you can even right. in football, you have to have the players. I think, you know, where I'm, where I'm leading with this and it's not to um, dismiss the hard work uh, put in by the men and women now that, that coach at the major league level. Um, and, and can it make incremental differences? Absolutely. Absolutely. It can, but you're not going to take, you know, the 62 Mets roster and say, oh, if Tony La Russa was managing them instead of the great Casey and late Casey Stengel, which is kind of a st- stupid analogy, but you know where I'm going. Yeah. They would have, instead of losing 120 games, they would have won 100 games. I mean, that's ridiculous. You got to have the horses. You got to have the guys on the hill, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to visiting with those, uh, you know, with the newest members of the coaching staff and sometimes you know, new ideas, um, you know, just a, a new way of doing things can be helpful individually, but it comes down to the players. Can, there, there's not some magic elixir. Oh, they got this great new offensive coordinator, and now they're going to go from 3.8 runs a game to 5.7 runs a game. It does not work that way. As you said, yeah, it's managing people uh, so much more now. I mean, it, it. I feel like it was, you know, decades ago, as well, uh, even when you talk about the 1962 Mets, if you get the horses or you don't. So it's it's managing people. But the thing that I like with, with the coaching staff that I'm looking forward to is new ideas. Uh, I think you mentioned that. And, you know, Pilateri comes from the Yankees organization, was uh, an assistant hitting coach with them, got to work with DJ LeMahieu. You know, I don't don't know exactly how integral, you know, he's uh, was in, in all of DJ's success, which we know he's successful anywhere he goes. But I like that you know, connection, bringing in new ideas, an external candidate. And with Andy Gonzalez promoted within the organization, you know, a guy who comes from Puerto Rico. And so the the coaching staff has lacked that Latin American uh, flavor to the coaching staff since Tony Diaz left in 2018. So I think that could be some of those little things, those little buttons that get pushed. I know you've talked about it in the past. Uh, with the, with the Giants coaching staff and what they were able to do with all the different you know diverse backgrounds that they had and how all of those just little button pushing was able to make a difference incrementally over time and so you know we'll we'll see what happens with these new coaches for the Rockies right. if that could do the same. I'm glad that that Gonzalez was um, who's been in the organization is a good man. Uh, absolutely, the big league uh, coaching staff needed uh, somebody who uh, who's you know. Spanish is uh, is a first language, if not somebody who is completely fluent. You know, Dave Magadan, I know, you know, speaks some Spanish. And I, I think everybody in baseball been around long enough, uh, you know, can get by a little bit. But I think that was a very uh, important move. In terms of uh, Pilateri, um, in talking to DJ, uh, well into his first year in New York, because the Rockies, Patrick, I believe, played in the Bronx his first year 2019 that's right is that right okay yeah in, in late july okay thank you so i remember sitting down with dj we you know we chatted uh, I, I always had a good relationship with him and and we ended up doing something it may have been for the podcast quite frankly but uh, he told me that they talking about the yankees did a really good job of mixing patrick 
what they were getting from their analytics department and being able to implement that in an offensive game plan that evening against, you know, the starting pitcher and certain members of the bullpen. It was really advanced. He was really impressed by that. Now, as we know, the Rockies analytics department has been completely redone. It got, you know, a lot of people had left. Um, it was smaller in nature. And now it's being, you know, bolstered uh, considerably. And, and and for people and cynics out there, and I understand, and so do you. I know, Patrick, I don't, I don't ever want to speak for you, but I understand the cynicism. You know, everybody's always hired from within. Well, in, in this case, with the analytics department, um, the people who are, you know, who are running it and who are going to be prominent in that department all come from outside the organization. And so let's see what kind of mix there's going to be on a nightly basis from the analytics department and their evaluation of pitchers that the Rockies are seeing that night and then how that is um, coalesced, if you will, with the, with the, with the trio of, of hitting instructors, hitting coaches, if you will, and ultimately guys take the bat to the plate that evening. Got to say thank you to everyone who's been coming out this week to the DNVR bar at all of our different watch parties for the abs and nuggets. It's continuing all throughout the weekend for CSU Rams, CU Buffs. We also have the big watch party on Sunday for the Broncos. We also have a tailgate as well. Those of you that came out last week against the Lions got to enjoy a big victory there. We're doing it again this week for the Lions. You can get your tickets for the tailgate at the dnbrlocker.com. Check that out. It's on 18th and Federal. It's all you can eat, sexy pizza, all you can drink, Breckenridge Brewery. It's a fantastic time. We even have a shuttle, too, if you want to park at the bar, drive over, not have to worry about parking in an Uber. New members can sign up to the dnvr.com for just 50 cents a month. And if you sign up for an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. We always have the sound on for our watch party, so it gives you that in-game atmosphere as if you're actually in the building. It's the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York in downtown Denver. Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com is providing you with the world's most universal mattress on the planet. It's one that's designed to fit every body. That's right. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. You can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with their reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. It's got a 122-year warranty to back it. How about that? made by Colorado and designed for the world. And now when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoozesleep.com, you'll receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base with code DNVR at snoozesleep.com. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score, and when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can get skin in the game with their new same-game parlays. You combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and draw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, goody, today on the DNVR.com, we've got a free article for everyone to enjoy. It's about an interesting statistical wrinkle, if you will, that I think does suggest something uh, pretty positive about our manager, Buddy Black. And it's it's all about the fact that Buddy's entering his sixth year as Rockies manager here in, in 2022. And up to this point, it's only been Don Baylor and Clint Hurdle who have been around for that many seasons. It's, it's pretty impressive uh, for any manager, really, to go into their sixth season in, in, in this day and age with the turnover of coaches. Yes. Uh, you know, historically, the Rockies have been, you know, have, have tried to be very stable when it comes to their general manager and it comes to their on-field manager, you know, starting with, starting the way back with Don Baylor, Bob Gebhardt was the GM, uh, you know, Dan O'Dowd for, you know, a, a very extended period was the GM and then, and then Jeff Breidich. And now the Rockies are onto their, their fourth GM with um, the appointment of, of Billy Schmidt in the last several months. So it, it really doesn't, if you think about it, know how the Rockies have operated. That's not a, a huge surprise. I guess the only part that you think about is man, time flies, right? And buddy's been here now six years. And, and we, I've said this before with you, Patrick, we who covered the team on a day-to-day basis are really fortunate and fans are as well, but to have the, the men that have stood, as I like to say, on the top step of the dugout and the people and you know, to interact with those guys every day has been a joy because there is no finer man than, than Don Baylor was. Yeah. You know, Jim Leland was short and it was, it was, a you know, was not a, obviously a, it didn't go well here. Jim Leland, uh, you know, a heck of a manager, but we'll, we'll leave that one aside. One and done. It was his, it was his birthday on Wednesday too. I saw that 77. <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. So um, he looks 77, you know, yeah. I think Clint Hurdle's career. Right. I know <laughs> Clint Hurdle's Clint Hurdle, uh, you know, go, going back, actually a guy who was a, you know, great guy is Buddy Bell. I mean, yeah. Buddy's a great guy. And then Clint Hurdle takes over. Clint, tremendous man, back with the organization. Uh, you know, Jim, Jim Tracy, one of the funniest people uh, in baseball, adore him. Walt Weiss, another guy I absolutely adore. Wonderful guy, bright guy. And, and now Buddy. And, and, and if somebody came up to you, Patrick, and said, yeah, you know, I, I know Buddy Black. I don't like Buddy Black. Would you not look, would you not like take a step back and go, what? It, something's got to be wrong with you if you don't like Buddy Black, right? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I, I would definitely give a little side eye. I, I'd give him. I'd give that person an opportunity to say, "You better have a really good story and yeah. be specific with details." Yeah, you stole your girlfriend in high school or something. It, it's going to have to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah so you, I, I love that you you ran down the list of managers and and yeah, it's it's not a surprise, you know, Rockies you know, give, give a leash to their managers and all these lame duck candidates. And uh, they put their managers in, in a good position in that way. But is, is there any manager and player combo? And that's, that's what this article is about that you can get for free at the dnvr.com. When you think of a player and a manager together, do any stand out to you? Again, it's a relatively small history, right? We're not talking Christy Mathewson and, and John McGraw, right? Sparky Anderson, 
and and Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker, right? There's there's there isn't that much of a road for the Rockies. But do do any come to mind when you think of a pairing? For the Rockies, I, I, the one that jumps to my mind, first of all, and this is an interesting one, Patrick, because the the player I'm going to mention, he basically played for every one of the managers pretty much. And, okay. And we're going to talk more about him a little bit later on when we talk Hall of Fame uh, balloting. But Todd Helton and yeah. Glenn Hurdle, because they had a really unique relationship, a good relationship. Clint was Todd's hitting coach. Clint saw Todd when he first arrived in professional baseball and he coined the phrase I'll get to in one second here when he was in Asheville after being you know the second pick in the draft out of the University of Tennessee right he was, was second pick right am I messing that up he, did he go second I believe so yeah yeah I did no. okay I'm starting yeah. to lose my mind when he arrived in Asheville he was coming off a long season with, with Tennessee and he was really tired and he he had he had an okay i guess first short season in Asheville. and the phrase that hurdle came up with oh that was the summer of four to three another word for help in other words the summer where he just kept rolling over to second base he called that the summer of four to three so he had a very close very unique relationship with todd that started in the minor leagues then as his hitting instructor and ultimately as his manager so uh, the way I would answer your question in my typically uh, long-winded fashion is uh, is is Clint and Todd, and and they actually yeah you're, you you nailed it like those two have been together for the longest. Uh, obviously, Hurdle came in a little bit late, left a little bit early uh, in the season, so uh, they had eight seasons together. And so you hit the nail on the head. What I found interesting in in my research here about this was. If you're just looking at a player who's only had one manager, that was, well, Andres Galarraga and Don Baylor were together for five years. So that was the only manager that the big cat knew. But if you're looking at a player who only had one manager, Mike Munoz, how about that interesting little wrinkle in baseball history? Mike Munoz was with the Rockies, a left-handed reliever for six years, I think 93 through 98 with Don Baylor. That's right now the most of any player who just had one manager, except except we're about to get into uh, a five- or six-way tie because think of all of the guys that have come up for the Rockies in 2017 who made their debut from Tapia, McMahon, Freeland, Senzatella. All those guys are now going into their sixth season along with Bud Black. And so those, that's the only manager that those four guys have, have known since they've been big leaguers. Yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of interesting, and I, I think there is there is something when you have a good man like like Buddy Black uh, to keeping that man on the top step of your dugout, and, and and I think guys know what to expect. Listen, even this year, where you know spring training, it, it's going to be a, a crazy race with free agency, as we know when the when the CBA finally gets settled. And it's there's going to be a short run up, and and Buddy's not allowed right now to reach out to McMahon or to Freeland or to Senzatella or, or Herman Marquez and and have a conversation, right? So the fact that if there was a new manager, and it's a whole get to know you and how is spring training going to be run and that sort of thing, 
I, I think it, it's going to work even better this year. The fact that when it does come together and it's going to be kind of rushed potentially that you know what to expect because you're with the guy that, you know, in this case for the Rockies that they all know well. The athletics and the Mets, of course, are at that disadvantage where, well, they don't have a manager yet, even right now. Who are they? But when they go to camp, it's it's going to be get to know you pretty quickly. Yeah, who are the candidates? I, I the Mets are down like Buck Showalter and Matt Cortaro, and uh, I think that's how he pronounces it. And um, I, I don't know. Okay, yeah, there you go. And um, who are, who are the candidates in Oakland? I think Oakland are they're looking at. Quattraro and Espada, but they have a couple of in-house candidates. Mark Kotze, uh, I believe was their third base coach. Yeah. I think he's probably the the best fit for them. I think they've kicked around Will Venable, uh, coach with the Boston Red Sox. Love so, Will Venable. Yeah, he's he's great. So he'll he'll end up getting a job at, at some point for sure. I think they brought him in to interview. So, you know, if they go with an in-house candidate, I, I think it would make sense for you know, a guy like you know, Mark Kotze. I posed this question to uh, my guest, Neil Piro of Mile High Sports yesterday. If you were a manager, right, your you know, first job, this is your first job in the bigs, would you rather go to the bright lights of New York where you have a chance to very early on win a championship in your career? But also, again, you know, there's 15 newspapers in that town and you can be on the back cover every day if you even, you know, scratch your nose the wrong way. Or you can go and, and ply your trade over in Oakland. You may be moving to Las Vegas at some point. Who knows? But which of those two jobs for you, if you were a candidate, would you be feel most attracted to? Well, it's a no-brainer. I'm from New York. As you, <laughs> you know, you and I are both from that area. Um, I grew up a Mets fan, so I mean, this is this is this is almost a silly question. <laughs> I don't mean it on your. I mean for me sure. because, it, but you know, you have to have requisite toughness. And thick skin to handle, and that's what you're alluding to, to handle being in the number one media market in the country. So um, I understand that. Uh, but the Mets are, the, the A's have, you know, year in and year out found a way. We understand that. Uh, but the, the Mets have done some interesting things. We know they have deep pockets. My, my biggest concern, honestly, privately would be working for, uh, Steve Cohen, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that to take a backhanded shot. I don't know sure. him, but, you know, this is all, all owners are very wealthy. But he, he strikes me as he's probably got a little Steinbrenner in him where, you know, you may yeah. wake up one morning and he ripped you, you know, before you, you got your first cup of coffee over a loss the night before. And you're like, wow, he didn't talk to me about this. And next thing you know, the, the post in the Daily News wants a, uh, you know, a comment on the fact that the owner thought you managed a, you know, a horseshit game the night before or something. You don't, you don't know. But for me, it would be New York. There's more talent. I'm from New York. I grew up, you know, following the Mets. Um, I'd much rather go to City Field, even though that's out on an island, uh, if you will, <laughs> in Queens, than going to, with all due respect to, to, to the East Bay and Oakland. So, um, yeah, that, that one's a no-brainer for me. That makes plenty of sense. However, uh, can't however argue that Patrick, one. it's one of 30 gigs, right? That's right. It's one of 30 gigs. And, uh, you know, I'm so I can answer the same way as a television broadcaster. I'm thrilled that I have one of 30 gigs in baseball. No better place to live than, than Colorado. Uh, great ballpark we get to go down to. 
and uh, you know, you keep your fingers crossed that, that we're able to you know see the Rockies return to prominence again. I'll, I'll say this because it is 2021. If if Stephen A. Cohen is, and I, I made that comparison too, right? George Steinbrenner Jr. In a sense, the only difference because in in modern day, instead of you know, like you said, the newspaper gets delivered before you have your first cup of coffee. There's some kind of missive put out. It's going to be before you even get home. It's going to be on your drive. Your tweets are going to be blown up because Stephen A. Cohen's, you know, he's got his phone in his hand and he's tweeting it out. He doesn't need the newspaper to get that uh, complaint out there to the world. It's, uh, it, it is interesting how social media can be used yeah. or what it can look like in the wrong hands, if you will. Yeah. Even if, even if you had the most benevolent uh, of owners and one that tried to stay on the periphery, it's not easy to to no. be a leader of a New York sports team. It is not. Hey, Goody, have you heard about Saturday Neon yet? Have you heard about this Saturday Neon? Uh, no. Is that a club I've uh, neglected to go to downtown? I mean, you could possibly start a club or, or a sports bar right in your own house because Saturday Neon designs and manufactures officially licensed collegiate logo LED neon signs. Like oh, the ones wow. that we actually have at, at the DNVR bar. Yeah, there's there's nothing like this on the market. It uses LED neon, not glass neon, and it comes with a dimmer remote to control brightness and various flashing modes. It is perfect for illuminating your game day experience at home. Again, it's called SaturdayNeon.com. These LED signs from Saturday Neon capture so much detail and are much truer to the university's actual art than those glass neon signs. And the best part. This is actually a Denver-based company. It was started by two CU Buffalo alums who were college roommates. It's an, L an LED sign from Saturday Neon is the ultimate gift this holiday season. And now you can use code DNVR for 10% off your entire purchase at SaturdayNeon.com. DNVR is going to get you 10% off on these fantastic signs. They have like six or seven different buff uh, logos and these LED signs. They've got a beautiful ram's head logo it's they're they're really fantastic check those out and we also have to tell you about light shade and escape artist it's a relief and recovery cream made by escape artists it's the highest rewarded and awarded you're going to be rewarded by their award-winning topical brand right here in colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency now escape artist produces these creams to help penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort it's fast absorbing and plus they're not greasy and they aren't going to stain your clothes or sheets. The best part is you can find them now at your local light shade dispensary. There's 10 in the Denver metro area, soon to be 11. Light shade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup or visit light shade location near you fellows listen up on this episode of dnvr rockies it's brought to you by your favorite producers of beard trimmers manscaped.com the global leaders in below the waist grooming are leaving 2021 with a new product you're getting clean you're getting refreshed for the new year with their ultra premium body wash also special offer alert when you use code dnvr you get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com four million men already trust manscaped it's time that you join them all right, Goody, as you mentioned, Todd Helton on the Hall of Fame ballot. Right now, he sits a little bit above the 50% mark with a handful of ballots currently in. There are 27 public ballots 
at this point. He hasn't lost any voters. There's a, a fantastic Twitter account for everyone to check out. It's at not Mr. Tibbs. There's links where you can go in and pull up a spreadsheet that's got all kinds of data that might make your head spin for a little while until you figure it out. But you can go and see all 14 people that voted for Todd Helton for the Hall of Fame. You can see anyone who took him off his ballot after last year and see anyone who added him like Mark Carrig of the Hall of Fame. So 51% with, again, only 27 ballots. I think there's somewhere close to 400 in the low 400s that will end up voting on this by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, we're still waiting. Uh, usually the... Um... You know, the, the concentrated uh, urban areas are late to get their returns in. And so we're waiting on uh, the um, listen. I'm hopeful uh, that I, I'm, it's, it's beyond hopeful. I, I believe he's going to get in. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think you're going to, con- you know, continue to see an ascent up that ladder towards 75 percent. And, you know, we discussed this uh, uh, a couple of times on previous DNVR Rockies podcast that. You know, when he first retired, I was really skeptical because I didn't think I, I thought he was a Hall of Famer. I, I watched his whole career. I know he's a Hall of Famer, but I didn't think that enough of the voting uh, body back east. Um, and, and I should just pick on the people in the east, maybe some other parts of the country as well, would diss what he did because of where he played. That narrative is changing. Fortunately, he will get in. I don't know if it'll be this year, but I think it'll be fascinating to see how many more votes um, he's able to, uh, you know, gather in this this time around. Yeah, he'll still need another 121 votes, uh, or rather that's how many he missed last year by. Right now, again, talking about these updates, still crazy early. 27 is an incredibly small sample size. Barry Bonds and Clemens, they've had the exact same amount of votes. No surprise there. If you vote for one, you got to vote for the other. They're at 81%, still really early. David Ortiz, 77.8%. He's just over the mark as well. The other other ones that are over the 50% mark, as we said, after Helton, Andrew Jones at 51.9, trending upwards, Scott Rowland at 66.7, Kurt Schilling at 66.7. He's actually lost a couple votes since last year, so that's not good for him. And Billy Wagner at 51.9%. And we know... After Gil Hodges got in recently on uh, seemed like the umpteenth veterans committee that now historically, if a, if a player has gotten to the 50% mark, every single player who's ever gotten at the 50% mark or higher on a BBWA ballot has gotten into the hall of fame eventually. So that, that that's a positive milestone. If Todd and all these guys can, can stay above that mark once all of the votes do come in. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing the ongoing referendum on the PD era. And I think people need, it, it really is hard to you know, get your arms around um, that era and what to do. And it's been hotly debated for a number of years uh, by people who love the game of baseball um, and people uh, as fans and people inside the game of baseball who want to, you know, protect everything that is sacred. Well, guess what? Ultimately, for me, my opinion, ultimately, um, in that beautiful hamlet of of Cooperstown, New York, um, there sits a museum. It is the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it honors uh, the people that accomplished the most, primarily on the playing field, uh, statistically, and 
there's a story for everyone. It's almost like going to a cemetery, right? And you, I don't know if you ever have done this, I'm not, not to be morbid here, but you know, you go through a cemetery and you read, uh, you know, maybe it's, you're going to see a loved one and, and, and you naturally look around and you say, Oh, look, you know, this is awful. This was a short life, or maybe this was a lengthy life. And, you know, you read something on the headstone, if there is, you know, something on the headstone or the plaque, there's a story behind every person in that cemetery. And the reason I'm thinking about this, and you may be going, boy, Goodman's gone off his rocker once again. But I watched last night um, The Highwaymen, which is the story, you know, the, the first Bonnie and Clyde film, Patrick, with Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway was told yeah, and, and from the standpoint of Bonnie and Clyde, the, the you know, two criminals, if you, you know, Antagonists, not protagonists, like in the film. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, I don't want to say it glorified them, but it certain, certainly it, it, it romanticized, you know, who they were. They were murderers. Okay. They were robbers and they were murderers. Okay. One happened to be male, one happened to be female. They were in some kind of relationship. Um, this one told the story of the posse led by Kevin Costner, you know, two former um, uh, Texas. Uh, you know, what was the, you know, the, the, they got rid of them years ago it was that show you, you, uh, whatever they were Texas lawmen. I'll think of the, of the name, but it was Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson. And at the end, it, it, it talks about, you know, that where they were buried or something like that. And I did some more reading on that. And, you know, the, there's a, on that headstone, it talks about, you know, it doesn't say that they were a murderer or this. It's it's part of their story, and you have to dig deeper. Well, it's the same thing if you are in the Hall of Fame. So if Barry Bonds, and he should be in the Hall of Fame, and you look at his, you know, whatever they write up on his, uh, you know, on his plaque, you know, part of his story is, yes, he was involved, but he also was, was unbelievable prior to that, and many people uh, inside the game, most people consider him the greatest hitter, at least in this generation, that they've that they've ever seen. So I, I think we have to get less caught up in that. I mean, we know that there's a lot of unsavory characters from years past that have a plaque, right? Ty Cobb was it about you know was a racist, right? He once went to the stands and and beat up a disabled person. Right. I mean, this was not, from all accounts, no. not a good human. Not. Cap right. Anson. Right? Adrian Cap Anson. Yeah, he's, he's the one that basically put his foot down and said, sorry, whites only will be playing this game. Yeah. He, he's the, he's the one that, that created the color barrier. Yeah, that's right. awful. We're, he's in there. So stop. Stop with the with the, the, the higher than now and so forth. Kurt Schilling is a controversial guy because of his, you know, political uh, beliefs. Uh, many don't align with my own political beliefs at all. However, that's not what we're voting on. We're voting on whether his uh, career was worthy as a baseball player being in the Hall of Fame, and it was. It's interesting. We, we talk about the separation of church and state, and so politically, you might not agree with Kurt Schilling, but we're all part of that same church of baseball, right? Where, where we could agree. And I, and I love your analogy, this, the symmetry between a, a plaque and a tombstone or, or a headstone, right? Because I, I think you're right. That, that tells a story there. 
in in a really interesting way and or, or, or only told part of the story that's true that's and true it's up, get, right it's up to us to dig deeper right if you pick up a book it, it tattered cover and you and you read the back of it and you say oh this is intriguing well to really understand what's between the the front cover and the back cover you got to dive in you do that's your responsibility i was shocked in looking at uh again these statistics by at not mr tibbs on twitter that mark Teixeira has not gotten a vote yet i i think that will change but that would be pretty shocking you know, Kenny Lofton's a guy who was knocked off the ballot, you know, in, in, in one year, there's been a couple other guys that are surprisingly didn't get the 5% to stay on, but you got to think Mark to I, I would have guessed he would have gotten at least the 5%, but right now he's got no votes. Yeah. I didn't, um, I would have to, you know, when, when names like that and big names, Mark shares big name come up, I, I would have to call up his baseball reference page and study it a little bit. I don't think Mark Deshera, if you just say, hey, you know, you and I are BSing over a beer, Patrick, and you go, hey, Mark Deshera, Hall of Famer. Well, without looking at numbers in front of me, I would say he's in the Hall of Very Good, which I'd agree. You and I, again, have talked about many times, right? To me, if you throw that out there, we're having, we're having a couple of Breckenridge uh, beers down at the DMVR, I'd say Hall of Very Good, Patrick. But I would have to, again do a deeper dive. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, I think Mark Burley's kind of in that conversation too, where, Hey, hall of very good. But so, so you expect if you're, if you're very good, you're, you're a couple people are going to throw a vote your way, right? Either, either because yeah. of a relationship or man, I, I saw this guy for two, three seasons in a row and man, they were really dominant. And that's, again, that's part of what goes into the voting process is what is your standard. And, you know, the hall of fame, gives rough guidelines, right? It's, it's not hard and fast. If, if it was, if there was just statistics that we would use and some kind of formula, you push a button and go, okay, here's going, who's going in the hall of fame this year, next year, who's on the ballot. Okay. Just these guys, but no, there's, there's some nuance to it in, in part of the conversation. So that's why just about anybody could end up getting, you know, at least one vote at some point. Yes, and and I, I think maybe uh, the most salient of points you made there is relationships. So is there a writer in Atlanta that had a particularly strong relationship with Mark Deshera and said, you know what, I'm going to throw, I'm throwing Mark a bone. I you know I can put ten names on a ballot. Deshera is going to go on one. Yeah, I think that happened uh, with uh, a, a voter, Andrew Baggerly, He's a great writer for. Uh, San Francisco and, and the athletic, his 10th place MVP vote went to Lamont Wade Jr. Because of, you know, again, very valuable to the Giants this year, had a lot of big late game hits, uh, late night Lamont, you know, again, inconsequential, the, the 10th spot, it didn't decide the MVP race or anything like that. And he said, okay, you know what, he, he kind of threw, threw him that bone, so to speak, and you understand it. And, and that happens with Hall of Fame voting as well. Sure. And we are most people were humans we're, we're influenced by relationships. That's why, you know, someone like Schilling, it'll be more difficult to get in because at times he had, you know, an adversarial relationship and, uh, with, with certain writers. And, and I think that if, yeah, I'll give you an example that this guy also is in the hall of, you know, of good, not, not great, not a hall of famer, but take Curtis Granderson, 
who yeah. you, I mean, to, to meet Curtis Granderson, you, you couldn't not come away impressed as a, as a person and what an engaging guy, what a thoughtful guy, what a, you know, bright guy. And so if he was on the, you know, if he was on the borderline of being a hall of famer, you're going to, you know, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's such a likable guy. Whereas if the other guy was a curmudgeon, see Jeff Kent, <laughs> you know, maybe Jim Rice. It's a more difficult, right? Yeah. Jim Rice had those issues too. Uh, yeah. Chris Granderson, we'll have to go back and look at this podcast. Future MLB commissioner. I'd be, I wouldn't mind that. Now, again, he's on the player side rather no, than the owner no, no, side. No, but no, I, I'm all about when you have a guy that played the game that is thoughtful, this guy's like an incredible person. He's you can't say enough. Extremely, yeah, extremely philanthropic. Uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, in his new role, he's been doing some, you know, commentary in the postseason uh, on, on baseball. Yeah, you want, he's a winner, man. He's a winner in everything he does. So if, so if he were one day to be the commissioner of baseball or at some point, maybe he, you know, succeeds, Tony Clark at the Players Association. Good. That's that's a good thing. You want good people involved in, in the hierarchy of any industry. I mean, if, if I'm predicting this and I get it right, you got to think I, I'm going to get a job. He's got he's got to hire me for calling this so far in advance. I, I, I should deserve that award. Don't you I would hope so. And quite <laughs> honestly, I would be shocked if, if it didn't work out that way. All right, last take here. We got to get you out of here. Okay. Something came out on Twitter on Thursday morning about the most popular player in each state according to baseball reference. Essentially, probably who was searched the most, whose page was was viewed the most. And state of Wyoming was fascinated with former Casper Ghost third baseman Nolan Arenado. Okay, that makes sense. But the state of Colorado, the most popular player by the state of Colorado, According to baseball reference, was Whit Merrifield of the Kansas City Royals. That's uh that was a bit curious. Okay. All right, Patrick, stop. Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> okay. All Not right. 30. We want a full timeout. Okay. We got a full timeout here. That's bullshit. All right. <laughs> well, I don't care what who came up with this. Baseball reference didn't come up with this. With all due respect to Whit Merrifield, who's a really good player, a real versatile player. He can run, he can hit. Tremendous player. He plays for the Kansas City Royals, which is on the other side of Kansas. In fact, it's in Missouri. All right. There is no way. There is no way that the most looked up person on the Internet from a baseball standpoint in the state of Colorado is Whit friggin Merrifield. I ain't buying it. That's BS. No way. And now the cynics can all say, well, there's no Rocky anymore. Arenado's gone. Cargo retired, basically. Uh, Story is soon to be gone. No, they don't look up. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. If you told me it was still Nolan Arenado, I'd say, yeah, that makes some sense. If it was Trevor Story, sure, that makes sense. If it was Dante Bichette, okay. Long <laughs> since retired. Sure. It ain't friggin' Whit Merrifield. And it's not a knock on Whit Merrifield. We're, they're not even in the same damn league. No, you're right. It, that makes so much sense, too, because if you look at the rest of the map, it's it looks like the United States of Otani. So with the fact that Colorado had the all-star game, that would make even more sense that 
fans, whether they're borderline baseball fans, hardcores, they're going to be looking up Otani statistics and, and, and just dreaming about the home run derby and all those things, as opposed to Whit Merrifield. I could even see, because you know I've been on the Kyle Schwarber bandwagon, right, for free agency. Most popular yeah. player in the state of Maine, Kyle Schwarber. Okay. There you go. But he's playing for the Red Sox. And Makes sense. Folks in Maine root for the Red Sox. Yeah. So, Patrick, I could even see that because, you know, good Rockies fans are trying to think, okay, we, the offense needs a lot of attention. There's free agent bats out there. Let me do my due diligence on Nick Castellanos, on Kyle Schwarber, yeah. on some of the available bats that would be really intriguing if they were to put on a purple uniform, right? Whit Merrifield's never that, that. I mean, stop. That makes no sense. And he plays. I don't, buy it. I don't he believe play, it. he plays a position that the Rockies already have shored up. Like Brendan Rogers right. is, is the future base. there. So yeah, I mean, he can play the outfield too. But yes, no, that that I'm not buying that. I'm Man, not buying he, that. Hot hot takes from Drew Goodman. Look out, Baseball Reference. Hey, this week on the show, Fran Frischilla once again on had some. Fantastic, exciting things to say about CSU basketball and goes in to predict how far he thinks they could go in the tournament. That's he, exciting. He, he does. And he's a big believer in what he's seen. And, and you know, Fran has, has I, I know it's a cliche, has forgotten more basketball than, than we'll ever know, uh, but he studies it and he goes to practices and he knows coaches and he, and he knows how to assess talent. I mean, he was a coach and he's been, a broadcaster for 20 years. He's really high on Colorado State. And, uh, you know, Justin Michael uh, of DNBR is doing a great job. There's a whole lot. This is the most attention Colorado State has gotten in athletics. It was all negative on the football side until the last eight, nine days. And and they somehow pulled together a really strong recruiting class. And I know there's a lot of transfers from Nevada, which speaks highly of Jay Norvell. Uh, I read Justin this morning. Great stuff on, on CSU and, and CSU hoops under Nico Medved you know, in, in a great place, but yeah, Fran, Fran's really, uh, he's, he's really a uh, bullish right now uh, on the Rams on basketball. And we talk about DT, um, you know, reflect a little bit about DT, talk a little bit of Broncos. We kind of touched on a lot of things, college recruiting. Um, also the one thing we don't talk about this week is because it's day 15 of the lockout, Patrick, we did nothing on the game, the great game, the American pastime of baseball. That's that's very fitting, though. That's right. it's it's fitting. Because I got to save, I got to save all my good takes for you. And we didn't even get into schedule. That. Next week we got to talk road road schedule, right? Yeah, it, it's exciting. Yeah, where where would you want to go? Because we're hoping you get back on the road. What road trips? Not just the cities, because we we know the what are the best cities. But what road trips kind of pack the most punch if if you're going out there? So that'll be well, up for next I, week. I don't want to. Uh, we'll we'll get to this next week, but because. You and I had chatted about this. I did look and I didn't realize that we're going to set. I, I may have to uh, buy a second home in a city next year because we kind of camp there. Interesting. For a while. Oh, it's good. Good teasers. Look good, at the schedule. Good, good town, too. It's a good town. Yeah, a couple off days, too, right? Uh, I believe there's at least one. At least one. I yeah. think I know where you're going at. So yeah. there we go. Get the yeah. Airbnbs for the whole AT&T Sportsnet family. Make sure you're subscribed to the Drew Goodman podcast. Absolute banger this week. Drew, always love having you on. Appreciate you. You're on Twitter at DrewGoodman42. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. And all our great Rockies coverage at DNVR underscore Rockies. So for DNVR Sports, 
He's Drew Goodman. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thanks for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast.